Eternal Kingdom is written by Michelle Roger. This book is edited by Brendan McWilliams. Sound engineered by Steve Nett of Computer Room Services. Graphic novel drawn by Tom Duncan. Music composed, performed, and recorded by Michelle Roger. Eternal Kingdom, Chapter 15 Robbie absent-mindedly applied pressure to the small of Rose's back as he stood next to her. He could feel her shudder. The council had called in the royals for their photo shoot. Being a model had never been a dream of Rose's. If she had envisioned such a job, nevertheless, it would not have taken place in what had once been a grinding room for a meatpacking house. Cold, sterile, and death still lingering in the air made her wonder if the vampires had chosen the room for effect. Geraldine, James, Rose, and Robbie were posed and set in place, wearing their opposing uniforms and staring into the bright lights and cameras. Members of the council watched from the edges of the room. "'I thought vampires didn't show up in photographs,' remarked Robbie, trying to find some humor in an otherwise uncomfortable situation." That's one of the many myths, Jeremiah replied from somewhere beyond the blinding lights. Geraldine sneered. What's not a myth is that half of the spectators looking at this program will see your pictures and think it more like a menu than a program. Ruth cleared her throat in disapproval of the queen, and the conversation ended abruptly. When the photo shoot was over, the four were led to a room that had been formerly used for hanging meat to age. Hooks of various sizes hung from chains cascading from the ceiling. Ruth gave the human team a hungry look of intimidation. Geraldine and Ruth exchanged glances, as if in telepathic conversation. It didn't go unnoticed by Jeremiah, as he handed the couples their team packets. These are the rules of the game. As the royal couple, you will ensure that your team understands them before stepping foot onto the field. Understood? All four nodded. Good. Let's review the basics. The vampiric team will be wearing heliobond-infused uniforms. The solar energy cables have been reduced to thread size and woven into the very fibers. Additional bonds are at your neck and feet. They will be activated as you leave your team room. And what sort of restrictions will the humans have to keep them in line? asked Geraldine defensively. Robbie burst out laughing, catching everyone off guard. How about half the fucking stadium wants to eat us? Think that might keep us from running away? His laughter grew greater and bigger, and he slapped his knee. Whole new meaning to fast food, eh, mate? Ruth stared at him incredulously, but James laughed in spite of himself. Ruth interrupted. You're making quite a mockery of the game, scolded Ruth. She turned to Geraldine with mock compassion in her voice. Rest assured, any of our team members remaining after the first part of the game will return to their base and find a meal ready for them. Rose made a small gasp. By meal, you mean some poor innocent bystander. Ruth was losing her temper. 
a meal you apparently very much hope to enjoy if your game master can pull off a win. Let me remind you. Ruth was beginning to seethe. Jeremiah stepped in between the two and asked, It has come to my attention that your game master has not registered with your team. Have you a master, or shall we consider this your forfeit? The room fell silent, and Rose took a deep, cleansing breath. We certainly do have a game master. She has her contract with her, Robbie smiled. Good, beamed Jeremiah. Cadell, could you please come forward for your confirmation as well? James watched as Cadell appeared from out of the shadows. He was wearing a pinstripe suit for the occasion. As he passed James and Geraldine, his eyes rested on the vampiric queen for a few long seconds. Her eyes smoldered in response to which he turned away quickly. As Cadell took an oath before the council and the royals, James quickly sent a text to Maria. Speak to his heart, and soon, or you may never speak to him again. Timing is crucial. After Cadell made his promise to play to the highest standards of the five rules of chess, Robbie called the human game master. James looked on as Cadell reached in his pocket and looked at his phone. He hoped it was Maria. Cadell's mind was telepathically impenetrable, and James would just have to hope that she had sent him a message. The door from another corridor opened, and Riley walked in meekly. Shadows of swinging meat hooks played across her face and body as she straightened her back and stood beside Robbie. Micah confirmed that she was their choice. Cadell and Ruth both laughed. Cadell was obviously offended. You can't possibly be serious. I will look like a fool. Riley handed her contract to Jeremiah. One looks like a fool only if they lose, and my father taught me never to lose. Riley's determination stopped Ruth from laughing. She walked over to Riley and tucked a piece of the girl's hair behind her ear. Did your father also teach you that it's rude to talk to adults like that? And when you do lose, I will truly enjoy killing you myself. Robbie pulled Riley away from Ruth, his immense hands steering her small frame by the shoulders. When she was safely behind him, he stepped closer to Ruth. I wonder if in all the world a human man has ever killed a vampire with his bare hands. But I promise you, if you ever talk to that girl like that again, we will definitely find out. Spoken like a true idiot. You would have to use your hands because you certainly don't have the brains to outsmart me. Do you know it was your adulterous wife and your manager, her lover, I might add, who helped me track your every move? She was there all along, right under your nose. She waited a few seconds for only the news to sink in. Love stinks, doesn't it? But on the bright side, you might really enjoy the opening ceremonies. For fear that a death match might break out before the game ever started, Jeremiah concluded the meeting and began escorting Robbie, Rose, and Riley out to meet with their team. When they had disappeared around the corner, Ruth turned to James. No matter what happens in the end of the game, bring me that girl. She is a small meal, but one I deserve to feast upon. God only knows what she would be capable of if we let her live to adulthood. She looks small enough. Fetch her yourself. I'm a king, not a dog, James retaliated. 
Ruth clicked her remote and the full strength of the heliobonds woven into James' uniform ignited, sending him to his knees. Ruth walked slowly around him as, as Geraldine watched, terrified. You are whatever I say you are. Your life is still my possession. Bring her to me or plan on the rest of your eternity being spent inside a facility. She looked at Geraldine and smiled. For good measure, I will be sure to have Cadell torture you in the game, just to help to jog your memory. Geraldine watched as James began to shake, losing his composure. Whether it was from pain or rage, she wasn't sure. As Ruth sauntered to the door, a click could be heard in the room, and James collapsed, spread eagle on the floor. Gasping and shaking, he rolled onto his back slowly. Still think the chess master has all the power? From where I'm standing, I would say the best odds are with her. That's where my money's at, said Geraldine. James pulled himself up and stood, thankful that his recovery was quicker, thanks to the feed he had indulged in the night before. I'm very aware who you've sided with and what you've done. I know it was you who turned me in to save your own skin. And fear not, my darling, you're on my list. Geraldine laughed skeptically. If you had wanted to kill me, you would have already done it when I was human. No, James yelled, losing his temper as the memory of Quinn and his sentencing flooded his mind. I want you to suffer. I want you to know what it feels like to have it all and to be careless with it. I want you to realize how precious immortality is. Imagine having the chance to love someone forever. You and your love never have to worry about growing old or getting sick. I threw away my chance because of you. Enjoy your immortality. Cling to it. When you begin to fall in love with forever, I'll be there to take it away from you, just like you took it away from me. Hired security checked IDs and guest lists on the human side of the stadium as the sun approached its setting. Micah watched from the surveillance cameras. He and Jeremiah had invited the human patrons to arrive earlier in the hopes to avoid conflict between them and the vampire audience. Jeremiah entered his mind. He confirmed all was well and then made his mind blank. When he felt Jeremiah leave him and his thoughts, he texted Kevin, checking on the team. They had to be getting nervous. As the crowd assembled, Evan peeked through the double doors from the ready room. Senators, dignitaries, he'd only seen them on television. Rock stars, actors, and a plethora of folks dressed in designer attire took their seats behind the sealed glass enclosure. Amongst the human elite sat Maria. She had arrived early and taken a seat in the center, nearly exactly across from where Cadell would sit in his small room and a window to play the chess match. She strained, trying to see if she could spot him in the room yet. From across the large field, it was too difficult to tell. She opened her phone and texted Cadell. Enter my mind, she typed, and hit send. Where are you? he replied. Reach out to me and you will see. A warm sensation washed over Maria. It had, in the past, been the happiest feeling in the world. She loved Cadell so deeply, she opened her mind to him freely. But this time she was guarded. She held close her thoughts, only revealing to him what she wanted him to see, her love for him, 
he responded by showing her a scene of her in a tight embrace under the large harvest moon his voice accompanied the vision look how beautiful you will be when i have turned you perfection preserved and frozen for all of eternity maria manipulated the vision she showed geraldine standing near a tree just behind them her silhouette made out by the moonlight Maria struggled not to let her anger and feelings of betrayal break her concentration. We will never have our forever until she is dead. If you kill her in the game, then I will know that you love me. And if she lives at the end of the match, you will never see me again. With that, she closed her mind completely. Fidel called out to her, but she did not reply. After a long while, Maria's phone vibrated. She read the text. What you're asking me to do is suicide. Maria typed back. What I'm asking you to do is choose her or me. Cadell stared at the chess pieces aligned on the board, the large digital camera already on and casting a holographic image above the field just outside his window. He took out his notes and began to rearrange his opening. Would a father teach a child the ancient games? or the modern ones? Would he be gentle with the daughter and let her win? Cadell had never fathered children before he was turned. His opponent was as foreign to him as an alien. Chess was more than playing the pieces strategically on the board. It was playing the person across the board. And how could he, e he easily frighten her? How many moves could a child see into the future? How much could he risk to look as if he were playing for his team only to kill off the most valuable piece, his queen, and risk losing everything. Rose took a handful of pills and a glass of water in preparation for the long night ahead. Robbie listened to the crowds gather, their footsteps sounding like thunder. If this was rugby, he would have suggested a haka, but his team of unlikely heroes wouldn't have the first clue what that was. He looked up as Evan moved quickly out of the doorway. Rose looked concerned. Riley, honey, what are you doing here? Robbie and Rose looked to Kevin for an explanation as he too slipped into the room. Riley smiled, touching the sleeve of Rose's white uniform. She didn't give an explanation. She only sat in the middle of the floor with a book. Most of the boys from the facility rolled their eyes and tied and retied their shoelaces nervously. Some of the others paced. No one said anything, but their expressions were desperate and full of doubt. Riley opened her book and began to read aloud. It's a great, huge game of chess that's being played, all over the world. If this is the world at all, you know. Oh, what fun it is. How I wish I was one of them. I wouldn't mind being a pawn. The boys from the prison looked up, hearing their position referred to. If only I might join, though, of course, I should most like to be the queen best. Rose smiled back, albeit skeptically. She glanced rather shyly at the real queen as she said this, but her companion only smiled pleasantly and said, That's easily managed. You can be the white queen's pawn, if you like, as Lily's too young to play and you're in the second square to begin with. When you get to the eighth square, you'll be a queen. 
Riley looked up and said, from the looking glass. When Riley had finished, no one said anything. She shot up like a rocket, her feet coming off the ground as she did so. Don't you get it, she shouted. Evan laughed. I think we might be past bedtime stories, little master. Then you're nothing but a stupid boy, spat Riley, showing her age. What Alice is saying is that we all are just a bunch of pawns. A pawn is the lowest piece on the board, but it's only a piece that, if it makes it to the eighth row, the king's row, it becomes the most powerful piece on the board. None of the others can do that. So you can have more than one queen on the board? asked Kevin. Yes, and there are lots of ways that the weak pieces become strong when they work together, Riley continued. I just wanted you to know that I plan to win and take all of you with me. She ran to Robbie and hugged him. The queen protects her king at all costs. She held his hand and pulled him to Rose. And the king stays alive in the hopes of one more day with his queen. She pulled the bishops and the knights off of their bench and had them join Robbie and Rose. The bishops distract the eye of the people while the knights swoop in and attack from the sides. The rest of the team, pawns and rooks, followed the example and joined in. Riley held Evan's hand tight. The castle and the pawns are the foundation of the game. Without them, no one survives. Micah cleared his throat, making everyone jump. I have the team weapons. Riley sighed. I know I'm the most unlikely game master, but I just wanted you to know. She added in a quiet voice. And as she left with Kevin, Micah knelt down to look her in the eye. If at any time Kevin tells you it's time to go, you listen to him and do what you're told. When the game is finished, then you and I will have a chat, yes? Riley shook her head in agreement.